Orioles Twitter was triggered today. Uh, Buster Only came out on his Baseball Tonight podcast talking about a multitude of things and just kind of dropped about how uh, this one line. I don't know where we got to a point in the sport where you could basically check out for five, six, seven years and not be relevant and have it be okay. And let me tell you guys, Orioles fans on Twitter went bananas. Uh, Oddly enough, everybody jumped to the defense of the Baltimore Orioles. I actually find it very strange. Buster only, uh, you know, been a, a, a sports reporter for years, one of the authoritative figures when it comes to sports reporting, makes a legitimate point. Uh, and I agree. Uh, look, how long are our rebuilds supposed to last? One, two years? Uh, how, you know, look, going back into this and looking, when did the Orioles rebuild actually start? I went back and looked at kind of the the different transactions from 2016, 2017, and, and let's be very specific. The Orioles rebuild started in 2018, and it was it was big. The Orioles traded Darren O'Day and Kevin Gosman to the Atlanta Braves, traded Zach Britton to the New York Yankees. I mean, my God. Jonathan Scope went up to the Detroit Tigers, I think, or the Minnesota, I think he went to the Minnesota Twins and then became a Tiger. I might have had those two reversed. And of course, Manny Machado, uh, got shipped out of the Dodgers for a brief stint. Uh, and let's all remember that because of the absolutely horrendous year that the Orioles had, we were left with the number one draft pick and walked away with Adley Rutschman. I would consider that kind of a our haul for 2018. Now, once you start with the rebuild, you're most likely not going to spend 2019 acquiring any type of major league talent. And when we look back, the Orioles continue to sell. Andrew Kashner, Dylan Bundy, Jonathan Villar. Anybody that had any value at all, the Orioles were still looking to sell. Looking back, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't sell Trey Mancini. I think that they probably absolutely considered it. I think that they would have sold Alex Cobb if given the opportunity. Of course, at that point in time, in 2019, Cobb uh, was on the disabled list. I think that's when he had his hip surgery and had all sorts of different medical issues. And when we look back at the poor performance of 2019, we were rewarded with the number two draft pick in Heston Kerstad. So there, that, that's, that's a pretty good uh, beginning to our, to our rebuild. Here's the problem, though. It didn't stop. In 2020, we gutted our bullpen. Not only did we ship off Tommy Malone to the Atlanta Braves... Miguel Castro went out to the New York Mets, Michael Givens to the Colorado Rockies, and Richard Blyer, one of the older veterans uh, from the bullpen to the Florida Marlins. Now, yet to be seen who our draft pick reward for such a horrific 2020 season, but come on guys, how much longer can this go on? Are we really to expect that 2021 is going to be another rebuilding year? Are we going to continue with this sell-off? I mean, people have already started to talk. Trey Mancini, he's for sale. If he has a good enough year coming back from colon cancer, we will trade him. Anthony Santander, legitimately our best player on the team, he's for sale. I really don't think that there's anybody on the current squad, the current 40-man roster, who's not up for sale. And again, the players 
are, are the ones getting screwed here. Not just the Orioles players, uh, but all of the league veterans, all of the guys who are, who are looking to get uh, any type of major league contract. That's why we see guys like uh, Felix Hernandez, uh, Matt Harvey. These guys are signing $1 million deals because the Orioles, and they're, they're not alone, uh, are, are just not signing players. And again, people were quick to bring up that, look, we're not the only team that's in a rebuild. Uh, the Kansas City Royals, the Texas Rangers. Uh, I'm trying to think some of the other teams that were listed as well. Um, the Detroit Tigers, who had the number one pick. But some, these teams are still trying to be competitive. Look, the Kansas City Royals don't trade for Andrew Benatendi if they're not trying to win some games. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles uh, are, are, are looking to lose. They have no interest uh, and winning. Sometimes I think that if Brandon Hyde wins too many games, he might actually get fired. It actually, I'm, I'm not sure how many of you guys uh, get so desperate for baseball, you go back and watch uh, great baseball movies like I did. But I was reminded recently uh, of this scene from Major League. Let me let me pull it up real quick. I feel like that is absolutely the conversation that Mike Elias has with Brandon Hyde. We've been losing. What I want is for us to finish in dead last. And uh, it's true. There's no two ways around it. Mike Elias, you can paint it however you want. He wants us to finish dead last. He wants nothing more than that number one draft pick. And again, it, it ends up hurting the sport uh, because now the Orioles are not a competitive baseball team. And, and I, get, I know that people hate this and people laugh at me when I talk about this. Baseball, I think, needs to radically change. I think we need a two-tier system where, look, if teams want to rebuild, let them go into a bottom tier. Uh, let them get rele relegated. Just like they do in Premier Soccer. Build up their farm team, work out the kinks, and when they're ready to make a run, maybe they'll get promoted into the, back into the majors and, and can do something then. Maybe they'll have a team that's built for a six, seven-year run. But it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, it's, it's, it's not fun to watch. And I think that in the next CBA, players are going to address this. Because look, they've... Owners have figured a way out around the salary cap. Um, you know, they've kind of figured out how to, how to play the system so that I don't have to pay those expensive free agents. All of those guys that have worked so hard, uh, that have gone through the years of team control, the three years of salary app, uh, arbitration, some got screwed over. I lost Brandon Hyde this year. Uh, and others came out okay. But look, the risk of the free
this idea that you can be anti-competitive, that you can want to lose, is unacceptable. I know Orioles fans are all about, oh, but we're rebuilding and we're building up our farm system. Look how great our farm system is ranked now. Look, farm system, schmarm system, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're not competitive in Major League Baseball. And look, if you've got an owner and if you're going to if you're going to go around and cry because we're a small market team and we can't afford the payroll of the New York Yankees, then sell the fucking team. Move the team to Nashville. I guarantee you there are billion out, billionaires out there who would be happy to buy to purchase the Orioles, move them to wherever they want, and field a competitive team. At, at some point in time, the league has to step in and say, no, uh, this isn't acceptable. The players definitely are, uh, and that's my rant. Um, look, Mike Elias is gaming the system. Uh, he's not doing anything illegal. Uh, it's, it's shady as fuck. Uh, I don't like it. I think it puts a bad product on the field. I think it's cancerous for baseball. Um, and eventually it'll stop. I think, I think Mike Elias knows that. I think he sees this as the kind of the last opportunity to game the system. Uh, to, to really tank and not be punished for it. But uh, in, until somebody stops them, uh, until somebody kind of puts rules in place that prohibit this type of behavior, uh, the Orioles are just going to continue to do it. Uh, so we'll see what happens. To be quite honest, I'm still a super fan. I'm still excited about the Orioles. I still have hope. Uh, my next podcast is, is going to be all about, again, Take imagery from, from, the, from Major League, how the Cleveland Indians uh, made a run. There, there's a chance here. Uh, I don't buy the 0% chance. I'm telling you, there's a chance. What if, what if Trey Mancini uh, comes back better than ever? What if we see Ryan Mountcastle continue to take a developmental step forward? The same with Anthony Santander. We saw that uh, both Austin Hayes and Cedric Mullins can tear it up in center field. Uh, they've got Yusniel uh, Diaz uh, and Ryan McKenna right on their heels. DJ Stewart's out there. We saw what he could do. Here's another, here's another wild thing. People tend to forget. Ryan Mountcastle used to, pay, used to play third base. If we have a crowded outfield, and look, Trey Mancini is going to be manning first base, and so what are we going to do with Ryan Mountcastle when we need to bring somebody else into the outfield? Ryan Mountcastle used to play third base pretty damn well. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Ryan, Ryan Mountcastle. Hey, Rio, go sit down for a little bit. Let Mountcastle pay third base for a little bit, and let's see what happens. Again, I'm going to save this for next time. My absolutely unrealistic hopes for the season, what could happen. And again, throwing a wrench uh, into Mike Elias's plan. I wish there was some kind of like nudie poster of Mike Elias in the clubhouse where they could snatch off a piece of clothing every time... Uh, I'm not sure how exciting that would be or titillating, but um, but yeah, that's my podcast for today. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, subscribe and, and all that other good stuff. Take care.